hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. Exco, give it to you. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, <laughs> that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Exco, give it to you. Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. You might not think that a few simple words could make you crave McDonald's breakfast sandwiches. But if you listen closely to the sound of me saying, McGriddles, McMuffin, you might be wrong. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Lav. Christmas is over. So, too, is New Year's before we get into the news of the day and a preview of the century, the first event of the new PGA Tour season. Rex, what are your New Year's resolutions, both personally and professionally? Never bet against Georgia again. So that yeah. you want to you want to help the, the folks that aren't on the visual so folks, audience this is, out on this. Yes, one? this is yeah, we're not we're not servicing no. the audio listeners on this one. But Rex and I did have a bet as it pertained to the Georgia Florida State. Uh, Orange Bowl. For some reason, Rex wanted to do this straight up, even though George, I believe. No, I uh, asked for the closed. points. You wouldn't give me the points. It wouldn't have mattered, but I, I did ask for the yeah, points. Yeah, it absolutely did not matter. I believe they closed as a 20 point favorite. I mean, they were initially installed as a 14, 15, 16 point favorite. Uh, I think Florida State was missing 21 starters on both the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. And predictably, sure. it did not go well for the Seminoles. Sure. 63 to 3. And so the bet that you and I had was if Georgia won, you would have to wear a Georgia Band-Aid in your cancer spot. If Florida State won, which obviously wasn't going to happen, I don't even remember what the bet would have been. It was a very lame week, heart week. You'd have to wear an FSU hat. Like, I couldn't come up with anything creative because I didn't feel good about my chances. I did not know. When I made the bet, it, it was not 21 starters. It was clearly they did not have their quarterback. I was thinking – both teams were going to have more than their share of opt-outs. That was not the case. Georgia, outside of Brock, had everyone, right? Uh, they were missing their offensive tackle, who's likely to be a top-10 oh, no. pick yeah. in April's NFL draft. Uh, we do we do have to bid farewell to Lad McConkey, one of my favorite Bulldogs of all time, who just declared for the NFL draft on Monday. He'll be dearly missed, but hopefully Kirby Smart will not just be restocking, but reloading as well. Rex, you skipped over the... Look what a good job Bunkmate did. Look at it. She had to do it on the cricket. She nailed it. She nailed it. You went the the cheap route and didn't get them on Amazon. Uh, So we do appreciate Bunk's handiwork on the Band-Aid. How about the New Year's resolutions? You had a whole day to think about it. What do you have for us? I did. I did come up with some resolutions. I didn't realize you and I were going to talk about them. Uh, I think it's and it's normal stuff for me. I don't know how you do it. It's not like I make some big life-changing choices like I'm going to work out every day or I'm going to quit doing this because I'm not going to quit doing anything if I'm being honest. But I, I did make some resolutions to be a better husband, a better father, a better, uh, better reporter, better coworker. Like you always wanted. Oh, it's the 1% better. How? You always want to do you, how do you, mind, do you mind sharing any specific details of how, of how you will do those things? Uh, well, I'm starting 2024 by paying off a bet, which is wearing a, a university of Georgia sticker over my, as you put it, cancer spot. It is benign. We keep going back to that. So I, I feel like that it, this is all part of the content effort, just trying to create better content. I'm starting right there. Uh, that, that is a good one. 
Uh, and we do appreciate your efforts. Uh, thank you for asking. Yours about is going to barbecue more. I got. I know what yours are. No. It, it, so it actually it actually is related to that. Personally, uh, I'm going to try and do at least 30 minutes of activity per day, whatever that means. It could be pickleball. It could be walking around the neighborhood. Uh, it could be going to the gym. Uh, it could be literally anything. Just being active. I remember Patrick Cantley once told me when he was preparing for his PG Tour comeback. I think that would have been 2017, following all the back issues. He told me that your body is like a car and you only get one of them in your life. So you better take good care of it or less it's going to break down. And so, look, I'm always going to eat what I want. I'm always going to use my grills. Uh, it has been a very active uh, holiday season, uh, but I better try and offset it uh, at least some point before I turn into a fat and disgusting blob. Uh, professionally, um, uh, yeah, I think trying to grow this as much as possible uh, would be a very good goal. And I know we're about to talk about like the tour PIF negotiations, but I kind of want to get back to my storytelling roots and what I and, and what I do best. And that's writing and talking about professional golfers. I'd like a moment of clarity during this holiday season, and that whatever's going to happen with this tour PIF stuff has absolutely zero bearing on my life whatsoever. It has no effect on my family or my future happiness. Uh, so why not work and, and do the work on the guys that actually could make a difference? It makes me feel better about myself uh rex we're, as we, divergent on that one i don't feel yeah. like we're we're, we're no. connecting at all we're heading no. in different directions on that yeah. front. i will say and i wanted to ask you this because today we're, we're we're taping this on the second yesterday was the first there was a, there was a ton of football there was a ton of food there was i, I just feel slothy i don't feel good like I, that's I why like that's why we have to incorporate weeks. this 30 minutes of, a, of of activity today i worked out every day over the break like i <laughs> I, I don't need to, to make a resolution like I, i'm gonna work out anyway i'm gonna go play pickleball i'm gonna play golf i'm gonna do something that's not even it it was like yesterday the first was just such a because you couldn't like from the time i that they turned game day on came up at whatever 10 o'clock in the morning until the time the last game ended with washington and texas i, I really didn't walk away from the tv and I always had something in my hand, whether that was a drink or if it was some sort of snack or whatever the case may be. And I just feel I just feel like I should lay on the floor for a few weeks. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you at this point. We're recording this on Tuesday. Like we had a party at the house, for the Georgia game on Saturday. We had the Jag Jags game on Sunday. Obviously, we know what that uh, means in terms of, of tailgating. Yesterday, I played golf and then, it, as you mentioned, sat in front of the TV uh, for several hours on end. This isn't even a brag like I. I, I've I've had at least one drink for so many consecutive days that like I think we just need to like push the reset button. I think I think we just need we need to we need to sweat this out. We need to start over. Just take a little bit of a break and just let just let my body cool out. Like we had prime rib last night and it's just this enormous hunk of 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 red meat. It just it it cannot be healthy no. to consume as much as I have over the holiday season. I'm not going to stop doing it, but again. Just do 30 minutes of something and try and offset it and get and get, and get the car fluids uh, running as efficiently and effectively as possible. All right, Rex, as I mentioned over the break, there was a little bit of news, at least. It was an update on the PG Tour PIF negotiations that, of course, had the December 31st deadline as outlined in the framework agreement. I actually found this hilarious, but the tour literally waited until December 31st at about 5 or 6 p.m. Nope, 5 p.m. It, it was 5 p.m. Okay. It was, it 5 was p.m. on New Year's Eve to provide an update to the membership. Uh, I found this to kind of be the bold-faced headline 
coming out of that memo from Jay Monahan, the PGA Tour Commissioner. Quote, we are working to extend our negotiations into next year based on the progress we have made to date. Doesn't not outline a specific new date for a deadline. You would think they would want this wrapped up by the Masters. Actually, you'd think they would want this wrapped up the month before at the Players' Championship, the PGA Tour's flagship event, and where they tend to uh, like to roll out their bright and shiny new toys. What'd you make of this? Uh, well, the timing got me first. I think you and I both have talked about it. I, I have numerous sources at the tour that have told me all along that December 31st was very much a soft deadline, that they just put it in there as sort of a benchmark. You, in, you know, I've been told that in these types of negotiations, you have to be working towards something. They can't be open-ended because if not, the lawyers will let this go on forever. So in this particular case, they had to put something in there. I also was told, like, this is very complicated. So even if they did come up with something before December 31st, it wasn't going to be detailed. We weren't going to know exactly what the new entity was going to look like. It was going to be more of a financial agreement at that point. The fact that they kicked the can is not surprising. I think we saw it coming for a long time. The fact they waited until 5 o'clock on December 31st. I mean, I just happened to be staring at my phone when the memo landed in my inbox. And I was just kind of shocked by it because I I had kind of assumed – at that point that, oh, they're not going to make any announcement, that they're just going to wait until next week and then they're going to come out and say something that they're going to continue to try to work towards an agreement, whatever the case may be. It leads me to – well, I, I think we can we can sort of take two things from the fact that they did this at 5 o'clock. One, that the negotiations went to the wire, that they, apparently they, they are continuing to talk. There's no reason to wait till 5 if you aren't having conversations. You could have done this a week earlier and saved everyone – a lot of waiting and a lot of uh, heartache. The other half of this is is the wording of the memo that you just pointed out. And that's that's what I took away. It's not as though the memo said, oh, we're kicking the can down the street. It was, okay, the initial deadline is December 31st to reach an agreement. We are working to extend our negotiations. I I didn't know how to really write that on you know New Year's Eve at 6 o'clock. And as I just pointed out, I'm a little slothy. <laughs> I probably had a cocktail or two, if I'm being completely honest. I did not read that. With the idea being, oh, like th this is definitely going to end next year. They're going to continue negotiating. We are working to extend the deadline. We have not extended past tense, definitive. We are working to extend. We didn't see any update from Liv. We didn't see any update from the PIF. This is the PJ well, Tour saying we are working to extend. I found that actually interesting as well. Words are important, and in this particular case, I think the wording of that is interesting. Look, we're going to continue to watch this from all indications are there isn't a new deadline as of yet. Uh, I would expect there to be one, and we'll probably hear more about that as we get into this week uh, at the Century. But, man, I mean, everything about it was a little weird. Well, and everything about this since June 6th has been a little weird. But the fact that it was 5 o'clock on December 31st, I mean, I had been told all along that, yeah, that's not going to happen. That's not the way these things worked and that's exactly how these things worked i the, the big question that i have rex after after reading the memo after seeing how this has all gone down after seeing uh kind of no indication from the live or piff side and i don't think it's a it's a question that's going to be answered anytime soon is is do they have some sort of moratorium on poaching more pj tour players like Liv could continue to strong arm the PJ Tour in negotiations by plucking off a handful more guys to round out its 2024 roster. Liv's not playing its first event for another month. If you wanted to keep putting the squeeze on the tour, you would continue to go after these guys until, uh, until the tour is in a position that it absolutely has to acquiesce to whatever Liv 
and the PIF is asking for. I'm not sure if by working to extend the negotiations, if that's some sort of clause in there where there's some sort of detente, but I would find that very interesting because if these are ongoing negotiations, if it could still be contentious, I, I still believe that PIF could even uh, apply more pressure on the tour. I don't think so. And this goes back to the original framework agreement that was written in there that, you know, they wanted to do away with the poaching. They wanted some sort of peace, at least during these negotiations. And the DOJ pushed back on the language. They just didn't like the language. So the tour took it out unilaterally because they knew they didn't want to create any more red flags than this had already created. My guess is they're not going to suddenly add it in there now. It's not as though the DOJ is going to like it any more now than they would have six months ago. No, but and I'm saying fact, like if, if, the if they have to add, they've got to fill out John Rahm's team. Anyway, I think we discussed this. I mean, I think it's safe to say one of those players is probably going to have come from the promotions event. And then the other two, I mean, we can figure out whatever combination of rumors that we've heard. They're going to fill it out before the negotiations are over. I don't think at this point, John Rahm was was all the chips in the middle of the table. I, I don't know if you can come up with another chip that's really going to make that big of a difference because the, the message was clear. You don't need to say it any louder. Like we're here to stay. Uh, maybe, but I just think if if you're at the finish line, if you're continuing to negotiate up until 4.59 p.m. Eastern time on, on New Year's Eve it, and, and you still continue to poach players from the PGA Tour while you're this close, uh, to me, that would not be operating in good faith. I'm just curious if there's some sort of like handshake agreement. I'm not sure there's anything formal, any sort of legal clause, uh, but if there's just kind of an understanding, hey, I, I think we're good here. We're not going to continue to make any more runs at player XYZ on the PGA Tour. And I think, and again, this goes to the idea that I, this, these negotiations aren't going to be done by the time they play the first event. So there's going to be other players that go. Now, now who are those players? It could be just random Asian tour players off the international series. That would be the easiest and straight, most straightforward way to do it in the short term. I don't think John wants to do it. God, no. My guess is he wants a team. And he probably has his two or three players he has in mind that he wants to go get. And it doesn't sound as if whatever is going on between the PIF and the P. That? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. PGA Tour is going to stop that, at least in the short term. And I do think that is a good segue, Rex, to the century, which is uh, not just a winner's-only event on the PGA Tour, but John Rahm was, is the defending champion of this event at Kapalua. It's now a signature event on the PGA Tour for the top 50-plus. So I think it definitely has, at least on paper, 
a different feel to it. There's no Roy McIlroy uh, per usual. He will start his year in the Middle East. Uh, no defending champion this week, as we just mentioned. John Rom. It does. It does feel at least a little more real, Rex. Not seeing John Rom's name on a PG Tour field list. What do you make of that? What do you make of kind of the lack of star power at the very top for the kickoff event for the PGA Tour season? Well, I think you say it's a lack of star power, but technically just one player who's eligible didn't show up, and that was Rory. Technically, John Rahm was no Those Those are two of the three best players in the world. No, I agree. And so it's a 59-player field, and so at most you were going to have 61 players, and those other two were going to be big players. But that's what the Tour has created. Like we can sit here and say, oh, it's not the big names that we want. And, you know, that maybe that's a bigger and larger conversation to come up with. But this is the criteria they came up with to fill these signature event fields. Now, this one's a little bit different. And we'll, we'll get a better handle on exactly what it's going to look like by the time we get to Pebble Beach, which is the next signature event. And then obviously L.A. after that. So I, I would expect well, Rory for sure will probably play both of those. Uh, but this one's different, and it is a bit of a litmus test. I mean, I I think we've talked about this in the past. I, I haven't covered Maui in a long time. This probably was the year to go out there for no other reason than you want to see, are they going to be different? And from a field standpoint, I think we can both agree that probably not. It doesn't – yeah, you got about 20, 15 more players in the field than what you normally end up with, but it's not as though there's names in that field that you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely tuning in. I'm definitely tuning in because I love Maui and I love Kapalua. I think it's a cool way – to start the year but no it doesn't have whatever it is the signature events are going to become that doesn't feel like the end product right now and in fairness 59 out of 60 eligible players like there's nothing else the tour could have done so i'm not quite sure what else they could have done but it doesn't feel special yet i, I mean if anything it is a boosted version of what it had been for years i mean this was sure. strictly a, a winner's only event you had what 32 33 34 players. It was just kind of a soft launch. The PGA Tour season, kind of the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines, uh, where Tiger Woods so routinely made his debut for the year. Like that always felt like the real start to the PGA Tour season. I, I think not having Rom in these PGA Tour fields anymore, especially these signature type events, I think it just kind of reaffirms the fact that the PGA Tour needs to crown new stars and they need to crown them like very quickly here. Like I'm talking, but the field has that. I mean, uh, your boy but, but Bear is in the field. Victor Hovland's. They're in not. The field. They're like not. It, they're not stars yet. I, I'm talking uh, about the need. Not. They, I don't know. They need to elevate. Them. You can't snap need, your fingers and make them stars. They 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 need to win. That's what I'm saying. Like the PGA Tour okay. needs to be the launching pad for these players. Whether it's a like an Akshay, Batia type. You know, I think Tom Kim. Obviously, there's there's room for growth there. Uh, Ludwig Bear, I think, is the obvious one based on what he did to end 2023 that he could elevate uh, in, in a new direction. But I think not having John and ha having these established stars who we already know, whether it's Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Cantley, Zana Scheffler, like we, like we already know those guys, like they need to kind of fill the coffers and, and make sure the cupboard is full to, to use another cliche. It, I think, coming. I think over the next month or two, those guys really need to step up and, and win and make sure the PJ tour is, is, is best positioned. Otherwise I think, it's in danger of feeling a little bit flat in the, in the run up to the Masters. Golf Riders of America just announced their players of the year. John Rahm won the player of the year for the GWAA. Astute you listeners. Heard it. You heard back. it here first on the I'll Golf Show podcast. With a little bit here. You apparently, apparently can't say anything in front of Ryan Labner, even when the cameras are off, because he's just going to blurt it out. So a, a week later, 
after Ryan Lavner let the world know that John Rom was the GWA Player of the Year. It actually is official. So the lesson here being, don't tell Ryan Lavner anything you don't want the world to know. That's, that's uh, the number one rule. Also keep in mind that the PGA Tour season is about 48 hours from starting, and yet we do not know who won the PGA Tour Player of the Year. That's fascinating. Or 2023 or the 2023 Rookie of the Year. What does that mean? Does that mean does that mean John Rom won it and they're trying to move some votes around? What's going on? Oh, doesn't mean that. You think they're gonna really? You, you think they're gonna come on. with the votes? I'll you come. Think that sounds like something that's gonna happen. Why has so, it not been released? Uh I Vote, don't know. Voting ended, voting ended December 15th. Uh I agree. Uh it is interesting to me because every year when they do their media guide. It's the way they've done it sort of in recent years. They've done like a picture of the player of the year and then the picture of the FedEx Cup champion if they're separate. And then sometimes they do the rookie of the year, depending. It's just going to be like a silhouette. Just going to be a silhouette of John I guess. Yeah. It's just going to be like that. what you see on those betting forums when you can bet on player X, Y, or Z. And I think if they did the voting that way, I think we talked about this. I think John Rahm probably should be the player of the year. I am curious of the timing of when the ballots went out. They went out essentially the week after, the Monday or Tuesday after the RSM Classic. And so my guess is, and I've asked a couple of players about this, if they do vote, most players don't vote, by the way. If they do vote, they turn it around pretty quickly. They see it, they immediately click on the link, and it's it's a really easy process, and vote for whoever they want for that particular award. I, I guess that most of the votes were cast before John Rahm going to live golf really became a thing. Because if not, the politics of it's going to get involved. And you're right. I think the tours would rather their player of the year not be the newly minted live golf player of the year. I mean, maybe they are waiting until this week to present it to Scotty Scheffler in person. That's certainly mm-hmm. a possibility. Sure. Uh, Scotty, to, to me, would be the, the the second most logical choice for winning PJ Tour player of the year. Not to suggest there's anything nefarious going on, but that's obvious, obviously uh, reasonable to assume that that could happen. I, I do think that John Rahm most likely won that award, and it will be delicious to see how this all goes down. Rex, how about some storylines to watch this week? Scotty coming off the win in the Bahamas, his first full tournament with putting coach Phil Kenyon in his stable. He wins against the 20-man field at the Hero World Challenge. Obviously, Victor Hovland coming off that insane back half of the year, which culminated with the FedEx Cup title. Kyle Morikawa is another name I'd throw out there. Uh, he was up by six last year, of course, uh, and blew it to John Rahm, looking to avenge that. He also won in the fall at the Zozo Championship, a guy that you had pegged to fall outside the top 25, who is now I, firmly I was looking, inside the top I was looking good for a while. 15. What's the storyline you're looking to watch this week at Kapalua. Uh, last year, Scotty Scheffler was named player of the year on September 10th to give you some sort of reference on that one. So they're, they're not only are they late, but they're historically late on that front. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with the, the younger players because that like when I was going over the field, the, the Maui field this morning, like it's to, in my mind, this is that stepping point. You're right. Like, okay, now do it in Maui. Like, uh, you know, Obear did it. At the RSM Classic, you did it at the Ryder Cup, which is, you know, I don't know if it gets more pressure than that. But you did it at the RSM Classic. Now it's time to do it in a signature event. Certainly Victor Hovland would be the guy you would watch because of the way he finished last season. I I don't know. Scotty doesn't strike me as someone that comes out fully versed after a couple of weeks off. He he seems like he's like you and I. He he probably is more like you and I on that respect. He literally just won in the Bahamas after taking six weeks off on the Ryder Cup. 
And my guess is that he has not touched a golf club since the Bahamas. So he's, he's probably going to come out a little slothy. So I would expect one of the younger players, and we, we've talked about him, just like you and I, just a, a little slothy on that front. I'm going to go to the other side of this, though, and point out, and I, and I said that, all right, the field is a little underwhelming based on, and you're right, it's probably all just John Rahm because Rory never really plays it. But I love watching this because this is almost like, and, and I don't mean this, and about this, this is almost like the Pro Bowl in my mind, because of the time of day it's on, because it's limited field, because it's in Maui at Kapalua at, and you have those amazing views. And it's always one of those golf courses where guys just stand on tee boxes and swing as hard as they possibly can. Eight out of the top 10 drives last year on the PGA tour all came at Kapalua. It is just a driver fest. Guys are out there swinging from their heels and it's just entertaining to me. I haven't even checked the weather forecast. Remember the hellacious winds that just Dustin Johnson won Kona year. Uh, it's never fun if the golf course is playing a little bit wet, a little bit softer. I, I'm with you. Like, I want to see balls absolutely tumbling down the fairway 400, 425 yards. Uh, I am looking forward to watching a couple other uh, kind of storylines to watch. Like Xander Shoffley, my player of the year, uh, who did not pan out in 2023. Patrick Cantlay, Sam Burns. This year? Are you sticking Cam with Cam Young. Year? No, we're, we're, we're moving on. Yeah. Uh, none of those players, Rex, won a golf tournament in 2023 do they get out of the gates quick in 2024 i think that'll be interesting to see and jordan spieth who you and i touched on it was either the recap pod or the preview pod who can say we did so many pods in the final month of 2023 like this feels like a, a, a moment for him to step up he has he has become dangerously close to just another guy on the pj tour by any statistical metric has won just twice since 2017 uh, i'd love to see I think golf could desperately use the PG tour. It could desperately use a big year from Jordan Spieth at a play. Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. Ready to be a part of it? Let's go, give it to you. Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. Friday. Friday. It's almost like whoever named Friday knew it should be celebrated with free fries. Free fries Friday at McDonald's. Get a free medium fries with any purchase of a dollar or more on the McDonald's app. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Offer valid through 930 to participate in McDonald's. Excludes tax. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed where he has had success in the past. Uh, one interesting subplot, Rex, to this week, Century, it's going to be on Golf Channel and NBC, is Kevin Kisner, Go Dogs, is in the booth alongside Dan Hicks. It's kind of a tryout run. I don't think there's actually like a set uh, analyst they're going to have in the booth for NBC events this year, replacing Paul Azinger. How do you think Kiz will do? 
Uh, I think I'll do well. And, and here's the deal. Like, and I hate talking about TV because it seems so self-serving on our point, but th this is a topic of conversation going into next year. Cause everyone is curious. We are both big fans of Kevin Kisner and he sort of has this sort of self-deprecating Southern style of humor that I think it lands really, really well in the middle of a media scrum. I don't know how well that's going to land in the middle of a telecast. And so I'm, I'm curious how you make, and I remember having this conversation with Davis Love when he was trying to sort of get his foot in the door for TV. And I don't feel like, like he was given a very good chance to succeed because it's not easy. Like there are those who, who make it look easy. And I think Paul Azinger made it look easy for a long time, but you have to have some sort of relationship with your co-host. You have to understand the timing of it. Kevin Kisner is really good giving you an answer about really anything you want to ask him about, but is he good getting in that small window? Can he do it in a five second clip and immediately move to the 11th hole? Because that's where, you know, Roy McElroy is teeing off. I, I think those are things that he has to learn. And so if he has been given the opportunity to succeed, and again, I keep going back to that. Like if you, if you put someone that's talented and creative and funny in this situation, you need to make sure that you allow him to be himself. I, I don't want him to become Paul Azinger or Nick Faldo, or Johnny Miller, or anyone that came before him, I think he can create his own lane if he's given that opportunity. He's an interesting choice. I'm not sure I necessarily would have thought him to be uh, in the booth, but he is quick-witted. He's self-deprecated. He's a proven winner. Uh, he's obviously still well-connected to the modern PG Tour player. Like He still has full status on the PG Tour for 2024. Uh, he just He's kind of been battling the driver yips, and uh, some of the fun has been taken out of the game. He wants to try something else, but you know, he, you have to have a little bit of an edge in this role and be unafraid. And so I think he checks all those boxes. Does Kevin Kisner. I remember talking to Johnny Miller back in the day where he was, he was doing his uh, final event for NBC. Uh, and he was at the Phoenix open. And he said that being in the booth is a much different job than being on the set and kind of being an analyst. He said, you have to talk in what is essentially 10 to 12 second bites yeah. and you have to say something interesting and you have to say something that is an original. It, it, it can't just be this, this, this cliched comment. Then you move on to the next thing. Like you have, like you have to throw absolute daggers one after another. So I actually think Kevin, Ki Kevin Kisner could do that. I just don't know if he could do that for an entire year. Who else Rex would you actually want to see in this role? I find it very interesting that if you look at the players who are on live golf, a lot of those guys would have been and, and potentially still can be depending on how this merger all pans out. And if, if this, you know, the, the sides have some sort of healing, like Phil Mickelson, Graham McDowell, Ian Poulter, Paul Casey. I think, I think all of those guys would have been great in the booth and potentially still could be uh, if there's some sort of merger and if cooler heads prevail and, and these guys can get back kind of in the mainstream mix. I think so. I talked with Graham McDowell about this earlier this year at Doral about just the idea of, I think he would have been brilliant when he sort of transitioned from his playing days to the booth. We had talked about this. Like I felt like he was going to fit because he's really good at fitting in those small windows. And I'm not saying Kevin won't be, it's just sort of a learned experience. But when you, I, I we have both seen GMAC in those situations and it, it's a good flow to it. He's won major championships. He's played in Ryder cup. He has at the resume. He also has the opinion. So I think he would be very good. I think uh, according to the various reports and, and I wouldn't know, we wouldn't know because we have, we're literally you know, the last to know. We are the last to know, but Jeff Ogilvy is the name. That yeah. He'd be very good. Pop, uh, cropping up. And I feel like that he could do a very good job. He's such a thoughtful 
individual. And look, this goes back to his playing days. And I mean, he was always one of the most enjoyable interviews, regardless of what you were asking him about, whether if it was Tiger Woods' new swing or golf course design, whatever the case may be. I can see that translating really well to the telecast. And he's Jeff has been on a couple podcasts. He's been on a couple telecasts. I think he feels a little bit more comfortable than the others will in this particular situation. I'll be curious to see how long we, NBC Sports, does the rotation where they're trying to find the right person. I like the idea of let's put a couple people in the chair and see what's work, work best. I think that's what you do in every other job. So why wouldn't you do it on this front? Yeah, public tryout uh, is certainly an interesting way to go about it. But you will, you will know right away. All you need to do is go to Twitter.com and search, <laughs> and search that analyst name. And they will let you know how they're doing. I actually thought Paul McGinley was was excellent. Uh, he was in the booth for the Hero World Challenge, splitting time with Kurt Byram as well. When you look at the other players in the world of golf, who you could see making this transition very easily, whether it's next year or in the years to come. Like I think Billy Billy Horschel will be a great analyst one day. I'm not sure he could speak in 10 to 12 second sound bites, but I could see him on the desk from live from uh, being very good. Padraig Harrington, another guy who you would not necessarily uh, want for 10 seconds. Just but wind him up alive from, give him a 10 minute some segment. Very, just let some very run, spirited yeah. debates with Brandel Chamblay. Literally Lerner would just have to like have a four or five word question and just tee those guys off sure. and then they can go to break 12 or 13 minutes later. I think kind of more obscure guys like Joel Damon has already kind of experimented with that role. Uh, he did like the Netflix cup uh, calling golf for that. Like I think he'd uh, kind of be that self-deprecating uh, analyst as well. Jason Duffner, kind of an obscure name, but actually a very thoughtful guy if you get him in the right setting. And I think he would be well, uh, I think he would do very well. And how about this name with a little bit more success? Cause you kind of have to have, you kind of have to have pedigree as well, right? If you want viewers to trust you, you kind of had to be in that situation. That's a moving I, target. Cause I would say that, yeah, look, I, we both are big fans of Paul McGinley. It's not as though you look at his resume as a player and went, Oh yeah. Like world golf hall of famer. That's not the case I, at all. I mean, he, he was, was, he was a Ryder, Ryder Cup, Cup caliber captain. player and captain. Well, he, no, he was a good. Ryder Cup captain. I think he's very, very good on TV. He's always thoughtful whenever you spend time around him. But if you look, I remember doing this back in the day when he was named captain. And at the time, the American side was so caught up on this idea that, oh, it had to be uh, a, a major past champ. major champion and everything. Like his At that time, Paul McGinley's career was comparable to Chad Campbell's career on the PGA tour. And I'm not trying like that comes you across at Campbell. You still love I, I do Chad too. Campbell. Like, Great but player. it was, it was a very, very similar comp. When you look at number of starts, number of top tens, number of wins at what they had accomplished. So I, I th the only thing that separated Paul was his play actually in the Ryder cup. So I don't, I don't subscribe to this theory that uh, it has to be a major champion. Like I feel like Brad Faxon would be really, really good at that. And like, I've, I've ran this by Brad before and he kind of dismisses the idea saying that, Oh, he doesn't feel like he has the pedigree for that. I don't believe that. Does I have like got, six or seven wins. Uh, oh, he does. Absolutely. But I think more like when you start talking about who's going to take that Paul Azinger mold or job, like then you start getting in. We get caught in this idea that, oh, he's got to be a major champion or, you know, he can't pull it off. I don't believe that. Yeah. I mean, that was always the rush to kind of anoint David Duvall. And I thought David Duvall was very good uh, at times on on television. But here's a guy who was a former world number one, a major champion, uh, stared Tiger down head to head like in, in that heyday. And, and he was kind of the guy that they wanted in that booth. I think on the opposite end and where I was kind of going with this is I think, I think Bo Hostler would be a phenomenal golf analyst. I don't know if he wants to do it. I don't know. He's still very young in his career. He's still in his twenties, 
but that's kind of an obscure name. Keep your eye on Bo Hostler uh, over the next couple of years. Uh, I think he could be terrific. Rex, anything else? That's an ultimate hot take I, from you. I told Just you to throw it I out there because no I one's said, ever going to no, circle back no, around said, ten years. Well, from I, now. No, I look, no, we're gonna we're gonna circle back oh. on this June second, twenty twenty four podcast. I'm oh, like David Duvall, one of the spectrum. Bo Hostler, very much on the other end. I think they could be both terrific at their jobs. Both very uh, big golf nerds who can articulate their points very well. How about and that? again, I hate talking about TV because it feels so self-serving. But I thought of you uh, yesterday during game day. Were you watching game day? And you see what your boy McCaffrey no, I was, did? I was playing golf. Oh, uh, yeah. his, uh, McAfee. Uh, I'm sorry, McAfee. Chris, yeah. Christian, Christian McAfee. He'd be very good at it. Too. As the running back. McAfee is who I'm. Pat McAfee yeah. is who I'm talking about. He had himself a day. You need to go back and, and check. Oh no, I saw I saw the clip that has gone. Yeah. Wow, we will not. We will I, not I was watching it, it live. I had to rewind podcast. it like three times. Like, what just happened there? Uh, I mean, it's it's everywhere now. Uh, uh, if you have not looked it up, it has to deal it up. with naysayers. Very very funny. Just uh, and good television. I think I will also say good. that that's why Reese is the best at what he does. Like we have some really, really good ones at our shop. You and I are big friends of Steve Sands. Clearly, Rich Lerner is is the is the alpha on our side. But watching Reese sort of wade through what was a minefield that could have exploded in so many different ways, and then for him to finally get back to the read and do it in such a professional way, and then lean into and that's how you do a professional read when you have hijinks around you. I mean, that's there's a reason why inside the NBA and college game day win sports Emmys each and every single year yeah. because there's great chemistry. There's great trust. Uh, you can kind of tell um, the relationships that they've forged over years. It just kind of permeates through the television. That was another one of those moments. I also think a good reminder for us and fellow TV heads, like this is not rocket science. Yeah. We're not curing cancer. Like it's, it's okay to have fun. We're merely talking uh, about it golf. is okay. Anna, about I want to throw Anna and Cara like, now, now I feel like I'm leaving someone behind. The only person we're not yeah. leaving behind is Todd Lewis. I, I feel like I can leave him behind. But uh, we have we have some brilliant folks on our side. But Reese, I mean, that was just kiss the way he fit, the way he just finished everything out and wrapped, put a bow on it, a little smirk on his face, got through the minefield. No one got blown up. Let's just take, let's just throw, let's toss, let's be done with this. Guy's just trying to read the teleprompter, and all of a sudden he is navigating <laughs> landmines. Uh, yeah. Rex, final week of the NFL season. On deck, the national championship game on Monday. We'll be potting after that on Tuesday. What's on the grill? Are we going to pod about the national championship game? Is that is that what we have to do? After, now? yeah, we have to have at least, we have to have some sort of material. Assuming assuming that what happens at the century will not be able to occupy forty five minutes of our time. I, I'm going to say this because uh, I had to keep showing people that were over at my house last night, and so I was on a I was on a text chain with you and our friend Mark Schleyball, the ultimate bulldog at ESPN clearly and you two had a rooting interest in this game and it, it was fascinating to watch and, and I was kind of doing a play-by-play -play for the folks who were at my wa house watching the game because you two were so invested in Alabama just by proxy because I know I know where your mind was going because you felt like oh if Alabama runs Michigan off the field then that's just another reason why Georgia should have gotten the call I think and I think we I think we both just hate Michigan uh, I, I, no, all three of us hate Michigan for, for different reasons. Uh, but I, I, I think I picked up on what was Horrible going things. on. And I'm also going to say, going back to the Georgia, Florida state thing, cause you didn't give me a chance to clear the air. I will give Kirby your coach, your ball coach 
a monsoon of credit. He could have sat in that chair after that game and just crowed about, this is why Georgia should have been in the playoffs because we just ran a really bad Florida State team off the field. He didn't do that. He used his bullpit. He used his time at the microphone to point out that the system's broken and that of the locker room, the FSU locker room, is broken because of it. Like, there's no way those kids should have had to endure that. That said, I think Kirby could have called off the dog before he got the 63 points. He was but, trying. He wasn't playing his starters in the second half. Florida uh, State was just so bad that they had, uh, well, they had no Florida answer. Florida State's third string was not good. That, they, they clearly were not a championship-quality team for their third string. However, I will give Kirby credit. That that was class, and so that's why I'm wearing that. I mean, it's also, it's also easy to say knowing that the format is going to be changed uh, in 2024, and you're going to go to the 12 team playoff with buys and blowouts. Uh, I'm still not totally sold that that's the right way to do it, but I do think it will solve some of these opt out. Kirby concerns. wanted to get rid of the bowl games. I didn't like that take at all yesterday. I do. No I one's mean, watching I that. I am. Who's, I did. Who's watching that? I am. I did. I just said it's been a slothy month. I, I need to be done with spend, football. Spend some time on. with your family. Uh, pick up, pick up some hobbies. I, I you know what? I, I like. I like actually you and I were talking about that. What was that thing called? That Barstool Arizona Bowl or whatever it was. I got yeah. I got caught up in it was Wyoming Wing and someone else. I forget who was even playing in that game, but I was interested. It was like 1615. That was actually a pretty good game. It was on Saturday. It uh, was better than whatever the big game was supposed to be. I couldn't even tell you who who that one should have been either. That was Georgia, Florida State. It immediately followed that game. It was uh, during the no, party. there was a game on during that uh Barstool Bowl. And we had um, we had vastly different opinions on the announcing for the Barstool Bowl. Uh, I didn't weigh in. I had it on mute. Uh, again, I can't stress enough. We were having a party at the Lavner household where Cam uh, actually stayed up until 9.30, which is the latest my five-year-old has ever stayed up. Uh, he right, paid for it him. for the rest of the weekend. Rush, you've not mentioned. The actual question was, what is on the grill? We're trying to get, we're trying to get sponsorship for 2024. What is on the grill? Alcohol sponsor, uh, grilling sponsor, anybody. Hit us up. I try to make, we're trying to do this. Uh, hopefully no alcohol sponsors right now. As I, as I pointed out, I think both of us need to dry out a little bit, uh, as of right now, I actually, I realized, have you ever done this? We've gone through your freezer and like, I will, I, I don't cook all of the ribs that come from Costco. Now I essentially just cook half of them only because it's only going to be my wife and I, and maybe one of the kids. And so between the ribs, I found a half a pork butt and I had some pork belly. Uh, there's going to be a lot on the grill the next two or three days. Like I'm just waiting for it to all thaw out and I'm just going to, it's like, it was a hurricane. When you lose power after a hurricane, you just cook everything you have. And that's kind of what I'm going to do over the next two or three days. Yeah, I do need to clean out the freezer. I just think that's a good exercise to do, uh, if not seasonally or if, if not, if not monthly, at least do it seasonally. You 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 left us hanging, Rex, hmm? with your Christmas podcast saying that you were going to do a Christmas brisket. Did, did you not. did you chicken out? I did the Christmas brisket. I did. I, I got scared. Uh, I chickened out. Um, and I, I actually. I think I told you this. So I have the brisket still because I wandered by it. Like I was stuck in Costco. I was like stuck in this Costco jail waiting for my kid's tire to get finished over in the tire center. And so literally I walked by the brisket like 10 times. I just kept wandering up and down the aisle, just staring just, at it. It was, it was mocking me. It was just mocking me the whole do it. time. Do it. Uh, I, I bought it. I haven't froze it yet. I probably need to decide today if I'm going to, if I'm going to do it now or freeze it and try to do it at a later date. I have both a brisket and oh. a full a full lamb that are sitting in the freezer again i can't stress enough i have to lean off the red meat like it's been it's been a month i haven't got my cholesterol checked in a long time uh it wasn't too long ago where i was in the dangerous levels and needing to go uh vegan for six months 
to get them back into the safe zone. I really don't want to have to do that again. I'm not six years removed from that. I really don't want to do that again. So I probably will uh, pause that and maybe do it next month. Maybe a, maybe a Valentine's Day brisket. That's the way to go. Valentine's Day brisket. Is that a thing? Or are you just making this up? I'll have to check with the wife on that one. Uh, Valentine's Day does fall around the Super Bowl. So maybe we can, we can tie in the two. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Lab. Make sure you go to NBCSports.com slash golf. Rex and I will be up late Thursday through Sunday working the desk, cranking out some blogs, checking the transcripts, keeping you guys up to date on all things that are happening in Maui at Kapalua, the idyllic destination at Kapalua. I can't wait to see that on our television screen starting on Thursday. But thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week for a full recap of the National Championship game and the first PGA Tour event of the season as well. Have a great week. Mahalo. That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. You might not think that a few simple words could make you crave McDonald's breakfast sandwiches. But if you listen closely to the sound of me saying, McGriddles, McMuffin, you might be wrong. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.